Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. This is Faith Under Fire. Each Thursday on Family Life, we give voice to religious battlegrounds in this nation. I'm your host, Tracy Lynn. With us today, Dennis Allen, husband, dad, and he turns around corporations. Dennis, as Christians, we've been commanded, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. How do you think the church is falling short of this duty? Tracy, I think I would try to say first, not so much falling short as guilty of running blindly, uh, because the root causes of the problems we talk about in the disciple dilemma seem perfectly normal to all of us in Western Christianity. We think the fragment of discipleship that's so popular in the West is all of discipleship. It's almost like if you think about a car, we have a vehicle that has wheels and a body, so to speak, but we're ignoring the fact that somebody took out the engine. Mm. So you address this in your book, The Disciple Dilemma. Have we strayed from the biblical example of discipleship? In the New Testament, Jesus gave us a high-def HD discipleship. But discipleship's been hacked over the last 1,800 years. But all of us think this hacked version is normal. It's the way we grew up. It's the way things are. Mm. It's a bracing moment to realize that your operating system is hacked. So we don't need to react with guilt and anger. That's not going to help. Leadership in the Christian community has to unhack the operating system so the population can get back to what was intended by Christ as true discipleship. You talked about leadership, and I want to get to that, but so many millennials have walked away from the church. How has discipleship played a role in that? It's the absence of fulsome discipleship is the short answer. History has sold the millennials and the Gen Zs, and by the way, the rest of us, a cheap suit. Western Christianity has been snookered into thinking that discipleship is an optional upgrade in my Christian life. The lordship of Jesus Christ in my life is optional. Being a bond servant is optional. And that getting saved is the end all instead of the end of the beginning of my life as a disciple. So the millennials are looking at all this and they're saying that, well, I guess that discipleship is condemning bad behavior and people you don't like. It's ritualistic do loops and it's how much I accomplish to make God happy with me. So modern Christianity is tribes and brands and business metrics with core values like nationalism or politics and church equal discipleship or legalism where moral codes equal discipleship or experientialism, you know, activities, the programs, the trips, the gatherings showing up, that's discipleship or intellectualism even takes the place of real discipleship, which is to say, if I know enough, then I'm a disciple. And what we've shown these people, the millennials, what the Gen Zs uh, and a growing number of even the baby booners is that the nuns and the duns are doing what anybody would do. These rigid expectations and disinformation, it's just not very interesting, and it's no different from all the rest of the religious systems of the world. Mm. Dennis, when I was in college, a trusted professor mentored me, mostly one-on-one. At first, it was another peer my age. But I have to say, 
it, it changed my life for the better. What would you say biblical discipleship looks like? And how can we get started with that? Well, Tracy, the fact that you've had mentors says that you have a rich upbringing, and in many cases, a rare upbringing statistically now, if you look at the research. We, in Western Christianity, largely, and I'm thinking about three-quarters to 80% of the Christian population attending church today do not understand that discipleship is not tasks, it's not activities, it's not events. It is a relationship with mentors and wingmen and wingwomen and people walking alongside of us to transform our lives, not to do tasks. Tasks will come naturally from that transformation, Mm. but to change our muscle memory spiritually, emotionally, and intellectually. And that's the version 1.0 discipleship that Jesus gave us. That was the original version, and it still works really well today. So biblical discipleship is getting back to that New Testamental view that Christ gave us in such rich fashion to go alongside people and to have people ahead of us who've been there before us and to help others coming alongside us and behind us to understand more about discipleship in that transformational journey. My mentor, Renee, would do things like call me up on a Saturday at 7 o'clock and say, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you want to come along with me? Um, You know, she would fit it into her schedule. I think a lot of people maybe get nervous about that, like, oh, disciple somebody. I have to schedule that in. What does this look like getting started with it? So many people try to make this a movie script, like, you know, there needs to be the music, the lights the amazing scene. And that's not the discipleship that Jesus taught us. He showed us it's going to the grocery store, right? It's maybe going out on a walk. It's spending time together talking about things. It isn't and only Bible study and prayer and having deep discussions, although it can be all that too. And it isn't just mission trips and worship and praise, although it should be all that too. It's the life of people living life together, messy and otherwise, over the years. That's what Jesus taught us, getting into messy life together and going for that instead of trying to make this look like something out of an amazing classic literature work or some Hollywood script. Good stuff, Dennis. What else would you like uh, us to know about effective discipleship that helps Christians grow deeply in relationship with Jesus? May I direct this comment to leadership in the Christian community, the Christian church and Christian community in general? Sure. Would you explain? If you're old enough to qualify for a learner's permit, and you've been a believer for more than six months, you're in this category of leader. And certainly, if you are leading thousands, or tens, or one other one, you count as a leader. So here's, here's what I would like to say. The transformation of lives into disciples that Jesus taught us is not simply my singular personal responsibility to pick up all the clues from the pulpit and to go to all the programmatic discipleship seminars. It is about the leadership of the church, people who lead others, walk alongside others, who are part of life with others, beginning to say, wait a minute, we're missing out on relationship. We've got the sermons. We've got the programs. We've got the facilities. We've got the activities. We've got this rich biblical resource available to us, whether it's on the Internet or on the books on my desk. But what we're missing out on is true life-on-life relationships to transform us. Not just say, have you done bad stuff lately and tell me what it is, but to say, we're practicing together, getting our muscle memory and our reflexes spiritually set so that we go out into all the world and make people look at us and say, 
I want you to give me a reason for the hope that's inside of you. I want you to tell me what it is you're asking me to do. Who is this person, Jesus, you're trying to introduce me to? That's what disciples do, and they do that as response out of being transformed, dying to self, taking up that cross, changing that muscle memory so that we're living for Christ. Great. I was talking with a coworker, and he was reminding me that he meets with somebody, and sometimes it's just, hey, can we get together 30 minutes over a cup of coffee, you know, an hour max. Are there other practical things you can think of? Not everyone is a prime candidate for discipleship, right? Absolutely right. Our culture is the lone wolf needing nothing from nobody. I've got it. Leave me alone. I just want to catch the sermon, get the Sunday school class, and head out for lunch. I don't mean that to sound cynical, but that's the autonomous, radical, individual American culture at work underneath us. If you think about a leader like you in a class of people in the age range of the Gen Z and the millennial, the most important thing that I see in Scripture is the grasp of the fact that the role of a disciple is not optional. And what does it mean to be a bondservant? The concept of being totally bankrupt before God, and now my life is no longer my own. And what does that mean then to say, I need someone ahead of me helping me navigate the corners I'm about to go around. I need wingmen beside me to help me see the dangers that are around me and the good things that are around me moment by moment life. And I need some students following along behind me. That's a completely radical view, I think, compared to most of contemporary Western Christianity today. Yeah. Sometimes I've sensed that something's lacking, and it's like, oh, you know what? It's all about the connection, the connection, sharing where we are. And we don't have to be perfect. Only one was perfect, and that's Jesus, but sharing life together. I think you're right. I think the more transparent I can be to show you how messed up my life is, but how much Christ has changed me from X to Y, and even in that, that builds a relationship. And when we can build relationships, wow, wow. When the world starts observing you loving in that weird way where it's like, I'm all in with this person no matter how this goes. And I'm all in with the people around me, some who are believers, some who aren't. And by the way, I do not agree that disciples have to start as Christians. I believe that discipleship begins as a non-believer. How's that for a provocative thought? But I totally get it, because otherwise, how are they going to become a Christian if they don't have someone who's investing in their life? You know what I mean? Being real, again, yeah. that transparency. That's the love Christ talked about, the love Paul talked about, and that's when people start leaning in and going, tell me the reason for the hope you have within you. Yeah. Where can we learn more about discipleship and about you and what you're up to? Well, if you would just remember the phrase, the Disciple Dilemma, and you could go to a website called thediscipledilemma.com, or you can think about that same phrase, The Disciple Dilemma, and go to Instagram, you can go to Facebook, and you can go to YouTube. You'll get to see conversations about what's it like to be a disciple in the Ukrainian war today. There's an interview. What's it like to be a nun and a dun? Why did you walk out on Western Christianity? What's it like to be a pastor in this age and this generation? What's it like to be a disciple in the work-a-day world. What does that really look like to me? You can read that stuff in one minute, or you can dive in for hours if you want to. That's Dennis Allen, author of The Disciple Dilemma. I'm Tracy Lynn, Family Life News.